Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Tuesday, June the 16th, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first of two shows this week. Before we get going here tonight, let me remind you of the ways which you can interact and contribute with us during our show. You can do so by emailing us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. It's my email as well as the shows. We have not changed it yet, but so you can continue to email us there. You have been pleased, as always, in the subject line of your email, give us some idea what the email is about just to help for organization purposes. helps us out with keeping things um, nice and efficient, so we appreciate that. You can also follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlightBG. Again, it's at ITSpotlightBG. That's my Twitter handle as well as the show. Remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight. Again, it's hashtag ITSpotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. Also, to find us on Facebook, search us using the full title of our show in the spotlight, Brian Gardner. And then once you find our page, like our page, and then go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. Facebook, Twitter, email, if you post or send something, I assure you we do see it. We might not reply back all the time or use it now to mention everything that's post or sent. Don't be alarmed. We just can't possibly do that. It's not in our, it's just not possible. So just be assured that if you post or send something, we have seen it. Um... A little error. I know people are going to bug me about this. I did put on Twitter, I did use the wrestling hashtag. I, I, I copy and pasted uh, a Facebook post from Thursday, last Thursday show. So you'll notice on Twitter that I posted that hashtag ITS wrestling can be used tonight. I mean, you can use that. I'm going to talk wrestling at some point. But just so but before people start sending me emails, oh, you, you messed up your post on Twitter. I, uh, I, I just copy and paste. I caught it on Facebook, but I didn't catch it on Twitter. So just be aware of that. Uh, tonight, it's just a sports show, and it's going to be a quick show. A couple of things. Obviously, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Game 6 going on tonight. We'll give you live updates as Game 6 takes place from Cleveland. Just about to get underway. Cleveland down three games to two. It's an elimination game for them. We'll see what can what will happen there. Golden State wins. They win their first championship since 1975. Steve Kerr also becomes the youngest coach to win a title since Pat Riley in the 80s. So we'll see if that can happen tonight. We'll update you throughout the night while we're on the air. Obviously, we'll talk about the games that have transpired since the last time we talked about the finals. We'll do that tonight. That will be our primary discussion. Uh, we'll touch on the MLB scandal. We won't do a whole lot because not a lot is known, but we will touch on it. Um, and then we'll do a little wrestling, and I mean a little wrestling, not a lot. We'll touch on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view fallout. That's what's coming up tonight. So it should run about an hour or so tonight. Um, before I get into what's going to be coming up on Thursday, let me bring my co-host on. Mike, you are in the spotlight. Am I in the spotlight? Yes, you are, sir. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe how late we are. Wow. It's like I cannot be on time tonight. This is ridiculous. I need it's to call my crazy, lawyer. It's isn't it? It's, it's unbelievable. I need to call my lawyer. 1-800-FAKE-LAWYERS. <laughs> hello, hello, this is Brian Gardner again. You know, you're number one client. I need to choose somebody. Uh. Or I need to threaten to choose somebody anyway. <laughs> because Brian Gardner was, as I will have I haven't trained this to myself. Screw you. This is not okay. I'm going to screw you too. Good to have you on the show, Mike. <laughs> oh, good, because I'm about to leave the show for about 20 minutes. Not that you're oh, going no, you're to not. notice anyway. No, no. no you're not. We're, we're talking stuff that you actually talk about tonight, so I think you'll be, you know. Yeah, um, also, also, my ass. So, there we go. Yeah. Um, another thing, well, okay, well, no, another thing, obviously, Jeff Tech's still not here. He'll be back with us in mid-July. Um, so, for those that's 
don't know or have been living under a rock. So he's not here with us tonight. Now, quickly, what's going to go down on Thursday? I have a correction to make. Last week I said that both shows this week are going to be at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. That is not true. Thursday's show will be at our normal time of 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you note that 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time Thursday will be an entertainment show, box office beat. Um, you know, if we have an NBA Finals Game 7, we'll obviously give you updates on that throughout the night because that's Game 7. Um, so we'll get into all that. Um, I mentioned that we might do something. I I. I I had something in mind, something special to do on Thursday. I wasn't sure if it was going to be on the entertainment or the sports side because there are a couple of sports things I want to get to, like the FIFA thing. People have been asking what our opinions are on the FIFA thing, FIFA scandal. I've been wanting to get to it, but I wanted to get to it when we had time to kind of talk about it, and we haven't really had that time. But we maybe we'll do that on Thursday. Now that I know we're going to be at an earlier time and we can, we'll have a little bit more time to work with, we might do that on Thursday, or there's a, couple, a lot of entertainment stuff that we're going to be doing over the summer. I might start that on Thursday with a, a different segment. You'll find out on Thursday when you tune in, but we'll, do, we'll probably be doing something special in addition to what we normally do, which is the box office beat on Thursday. Um, so just be aware of that. Next week will be um, an interesting week because we're only going to have one show next week because the draft, the NBA draft, will air next Thursday. So we will be preempting. We don't do shows opposite the NBA draft. So what that means is this Thursday, we're going to, instead of doing a sports entertainment combo next Tuesday, we're going to do a double edition of the box office beat this week and then not have a box office beat next week. And then that way we can just focus on what we have to focus on. Tuesday will be a short show. Um, and then we'll just do, like, NBA, we'll wrap up the NBA season discussion, NBA finals discussion. It'll be an all-NBA show pretty much as we will preview the NBA draft on Tuesday's show. So an all-NBA show coming at you on Tuesday. Next Thursday will be preemptive for the draft, and then the week after we'll obviously do some post-draft analysis and all that good stuff. So, so that's what's coming up next week. So only one show will air next week. And I think the week after, um, I'll, I'll, I'll finalize this and make this announcement probably on Thursday. I think the week after we're going to do one show, too, because even though the 4th of July is on a weekend, I know I'm not dumb. I know a lot of people are going to take off on Thursday, make it like a four-day weekend. So I'm thinking we don't do a show on Thursday of that week. So the next two weeks we're probably only looking at one show, just to give people a little advance notice here. So just be aware of those things coming up. All right, so without further ado, let's get right down to business here. And we will, a couple of little things right off the top, because a couple, uh, one little thing right off the top, pardon me. People have been asking, you know, people have been asking, last week we, we talked about, a little bit about the PGA and Tiger Woods and everything. This weekend is the U.S. Open. People asked if I was going to do like a kind of preview kind of thing. There's nothing really to preview. Look, the course, Chambers Bay that they're using is a difficult course. I mentioned a couple, I think it was, was it last week or the week, at, week before, I don't know. I mentioned that this, this, this right now where we're at, the PGA storyline you're running with is, you know, a lot of people are interested in Jordan Spieth. A lot of people are interested in seeing what Rory and Phil do as usual, seeing any other young players step up and make a statement like Jordan did earlier this year at the Masters. There's some storylines, but then obviously the prevalent storyline, as always, is Tiger Woods. What will he do? Every tournament, he plays in, right? That's the whole deal. So that's why we had a major. Tiger is playing at the U.S. Open. This is a very difficult course. It's a course that hasn't been used for the Open before. I, I, I've seen the course. I've been watching some previews of the course. It looks extremely difficult. Look, I, I'm not saying that Tiger has to win anything the rest of this year. What we need to see is signs. We've already seen little bits and pieces. We need to see signs that, you know, he can compete still. And not just for one round. I want to see him finish in the top five or even the top ten routinely as the rest of the season goes by. If we see that, then we'll know. Then we'll know. And my wife decides to tell me that Donald Trump announced he's running for president. So thank you for interrupting the show and getting it to a screeching halt. 
So, yeah. Well, Chew on that at, least she, Brian, at least she's giving you something worthwhile to talk about. I mean, you were just talking about the PGA. Yeah, I was talking about golf, so, so she didn't give me so, something a little more so tangible. You should prob- no, no, literally, you should probably go apologize to your wife. She just gave you something relevant to talk about. I'm sorry, baby. Thank you for giving me something relevant to talk about. You know that what? If she, punches you in the, if she <laughs> punches you in the dick, you've earned it. She said, so, just job, so you Mike. Know. That's why she gives you cookies. Well, yes, because I enjoy chocolate chip cookies. It is delicious. She knows that. And she treats you better than she treats me. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Because, okay. believe it or anyway, not, I am not as much of an asshole as you are. It's true. amazing. That, okay, that isn't true. That, I take that back. <laughs> but anyway, anyway... Yeah, Donald Trump's running for president. That's not a, that's not really a surprise. He's been hinting about it for years now, anyway. So, uh, just to wrap up here, back on topic, really quick, because there's not much else to say anyway. What you want to see is regular top five, top ten finishes from Tiger. If you can see that the, a couple of times the rest of this year, then I think that's I think you've seen something like okay, you've seen progress. If you don't see that, if we see what we've been seeing which is up and down play, you know, you know, maybe he has one good round here. I mean, then, then no. And then once you see him make this kind of progress, like finishing in the top five, top ten regularly, then you're going to say, all right, now I need him to win a tournament, a major. Not just a tournament, because he won tournaments last year. Neither will see him win a major. And then we'll, we'll be on that side. I think that's what you have to look for now. He ain't, I don't think he's winning on, on, on this weekend. I'd, I'd be shocked. In fact, I'd be really – the only person I think this course might play to is Rory. He's the only person I can see this course playing to because this course does remind me a lot of a British Open course, and he usually does well there. Phil could, but, you know, I, I mean, Phil's track record is up and down at, at, at you know, like British Opens and stuff. So I, I'm more content to say Rory might be a, a beneficiary of this course on, on this this weekend at the U.S. Open. So we'll see. Rory, of all the big players, Rory would be my favorite going into the weekend because I think the course plays to his strengths a little bit more. But we'll see. But, yeah, that, that's the only U.S. Open preview I can give is what I just said because, really, it, it's so hard. You, I, it, to preview golf, I mean, it's such a crapshoot. There really isn't a lot you could preview. So, all right, so let's throw that away for right now, and let's get into – um, I want to touch on the MLB story real quick because that has been the big breaking news story today in sports. Um, and I, I guess I, I know it's, last week I had said we weren't going to talk about baseball for probably a few more weeks, but this bears noting because this is a serious situ, uh, serious issue. The government's investigating it. Um, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a cheating scandal. It's a big deal. And, I mean, we seem to be having these now. I mean, the NFL had one with the Patriots, and now we have this. And it's just, it's just, it, and to me, this one's a, a much bigger deal, a much bigger deal, because it goes beyond what you see on the field. It's, it, it goes into, you know, the idea of player transactions and all these other things. Um, for those that do not know, it's been reported by numerous media, which you can find anywhere you want to go, that the Cardinals are being accused, the St. Louis Cardinals are being accused of hacking the Houston Astros' data. Um, they're being investigated by the FBI for allegedly hacking into networks and trying to steal information about the Houston Astros. This was reported originally by the New York Times, apparently. MLB, the Cardinals, and Astros all issued statements. They all are in the know. They're all cooperating. MLB's not going to do anything until the government investigation has concluded. Uh, apparently it is close to a conclusion. It's been going on for a while. Uh, the FBI and Justice Department officials have evidence that Cardinals officials who were not identified allegedly tapped into the Astros database and had access to statistics, scouting reports, and internal discussions about players, trades, and other proprietary information. This comes from an article on ESPN.com. Again, MLB is aware of it. They're waiting for the, the investigation to be concluded to take any disciplinary steps. Uh, Astros and Cardinals aren't going to comment any further than they already have. Um, Let's see here. Of note here is the fact that, okay, here's, the, here's a little bit more information. In June 2014, the Astros claimed to have been victims of hackers who accessed their servers and published months of internal trade talks on the Internet. It was then that the team began working with the FBI 
and MLB security in an effort to identify who was responsible for the breach. The FBI believes that Cardinals officials gained access to the Astros database by using a list of passwords associated with Astros GM Jeff Runo dating to his tenure with the Cardinals from 2003 until he left for Houston after the 2011 season. Now, for those that do not know, the Astros rely heavily on sabermetrics in evaluating players. You know, that's the new trend now in baseball. And they use an online database for their proprietary information. Um, Nobody knows if that's why they were targeted. But, you know, it's something that a lot of teams do. Um, It... You know, and again, in this new trend in baseball, the sabermetrics and that, you know, I'm not saying it leaves you vulnerable to this, but hey, I mean, this, I mean, now everything is so skewed towards numbers. Look, who knows if this is even the only, this is the only time this has happened. You know, we don't know. I mean, this is the only time it's gotten caught. I hate to say that, but, you know, people, I mean, desperation does a lot of things. And, you know, you would say, "Well, wait a minute. Why is why is St. Louis desperate? They they're winning. They're a winning team. I don't know. Got me. But we know there's a connection there in that the former Cardinal, a former front office exec from the Cardinals, now works for the Astros. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a crazy story. Not much is known. We're just getting word of it today. Um, and the apparently the investigation is about to reach its conclusion. So we should be knowing more soon." And then MLB will obviously act. Um, and how they'll act, I don't know, because this has never happened before. But in this era of numbers, you know, sabermetrics, does it lend itself to teams, you know, trying to figure out what other teams, how, you know, how they're evaluating, what information they have? Yeah. Look, we know in baseball, one of the old standbys for a long I mean, look, what are you, whether teams admit or not, stealing signs is a thing. Teams steal signs, it happens all the time. Some teams do it more than others. Not too many teams do it as much anymore, but it does, it has happened, and it does happen. Now it's an outrage when it happens. There was a time when it was just as much a part of the game as anything else. Now too many teams don't do it because, you know, teams are smart enough now. They constantly change their signs. So you can't do it. But some teams don't do that for whatever reason, whether maybe it's, you know, they have a lot of foreign players and they want to keep things consistent or whatever the case may be. But you know, I mean, this, this now this is more severe than stealing signs. This is a much more severe issue because it's it's it's, it's bordering on colluding. You know, you're try, you're getting access to what what you know what, what these teams might be doing, who they might be going after in trades, or you know, it's you're it's, it's it is getting an advantage, an unfair advantage, and it's stealing information. It's it's hacking. So this is a serious issue. And and this as the baseball continues to skew so much towards more numbers, dominating by numbers and statistics, and using that in evaluations and the whole sabermetric formulas and everything. You had to know eventually there was going to be somebody out there that says, "Wow, I wonder if I can get that team's information. Let's see what they have about that player." I hate to say it, but you had to you had to know that was coming. With so much being dictated with computers and technology now, you had to know. Hopefully, now, hopefully with this getting out and hopefully with them catching on to this so quickly, because they did catch on to it so very quickly, this, it, maybe that will be used as a, this will be a deterrent against future issues like this and also raise awareness so that teams can make sure that everything is under lock and key and make sure that this doesn't happen. Better firewalls, better security, more awareness, you know, more monitoring. And again, now you know they thankfully they caught it quickly, and hopefully that and and it it could again uh, further educate and prevent this kind of stuff from happening. That's a good thing. It didn't take a long time for it to get out. That's a, a very good thing. So, um, Mike, do you have any thoughts on this mess? <laughs> What is that the sound I hear? Me doing more important things right now than worrying about <laughs> MLB teams cheating. <laughs> oh, my God, MLB teams are cheating. It's just they're taking it up to the next level. 
um, you know, they decide to hack stuff now. Oh, my gosh, it's not like it's ever been done before. It's I think this time is the first time somebody's gotten caught doing it. So let's be quite honest. Teams cheating for an advantage. You don't say FBI is investigating because clearly what goes on in sports is more important than, it goes on than what goes on in real life. Now, I'm sorry. I'm busy watching the Kingdom Hearts 3 E3 2015 trailer for about the 20th time. More important things to be done. <laughs> and talk about whether or not the St. Louis Cardinals and the Houston Astros are kind of posturing here. Oh, the Cardinals cheated? What are the odds? Who cares? I'm, I, I really wish, this is my fault, I really wish Congress, I really wish the FBI, and I really wish everybody involved in this scandal outside who are investigating the scandal, decide to investigate more important things than whether or not these two sports franchises are trying to play tactical warfare with each other. And I wish these two franchises would grow the hell up. Excuse me, Kingdom Hearts. The one thing I will say is this. Um, you know, it, it really is a shame that one of the – the most consistent and most proud and one of the most historic franchises in baseball is who is, un, is, is being accused of this. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time the last few years crediting the Cardinals for, their, for what they, you know, all they've been able to do and, and how they scout and all they've built. This consistent team every year, you look at this team every year, and usually you look at this team and go, boy, they, they might be lucky if they win 80 games. And those years, a lot of times those years, they got to the World Series. I mean, they're, they're one of the most consistent – teams in baseball in the last few years. And, you know, this, this, it, this, this is a, you know, it, it puts a damper on it. And it's a shame. It really is. I mean, that's not something that baseball needs, especially when it's just coming out of, it's finally starting to shed some of the, the negativity from the steroid era. And now it's going to deal with something like this. It's, it's, it's just a shame. It really is. So, We'll figure. We'll see how it all ends up. Here is again. This is this news. This got out today. The investigation is said to be near the conclusion. So no doubt you'll be finding out more about it over the next few days, few weeks, and as it goes along, we'll we'll obviously talk about it. So, but I wanted to get a obviously touch on it here today because it is a big news story that broke here here today. So, all right. So from baseball, we now move on to the NBA, which obviously. Is, uh, is could be the NBA season could end tonight, as Golden State has Cleveland on the ropes right now. Um, you know, down three games to two. Game six in Cleveland tonight, obviously on ABC, getting underway a little bit after nine tonight. So that game underway right now. Um, check out ABC if you're interested in that. The score right now for those interested is. Um, 23-15 Golden State, minute and 42 left in the first. Now, the one thing you want to do when you're in these kind of situations, elimination game situations, is you want to get out in front early, especially when you're at home. Get the crowd going, and, and so the fall behind by eight already is not good, especially, and here, and here to me, if, if Cleveland loses tonight, heck, even if Cleveland, lose, if Cleveland loses the series at all, to me it came down to this. It came down to the fact that they, they, they got exhausted. I, I, and this is coming from a Golden State fan. This is coming from a guy that thought Golden State was the best team all year. Golden State did not play well in the early part of this series. And I and and here's the thing. If Golden State wins this series, I'm always going to kind of think of it as Cleveland ran out of gas. Because here's the thing. Game one went back and forth, went into overtime. Either team could have won that game. Kyrie Irving got hurt. Game two, an epic game, going to overtime, Cleveland survived and won. They go home, they win game three, pretty good at home. Game four, Golden State gets it together. But here's the thing that people forget. That's the fourth game of the series. Now, game one, you had a couple days off in between, right? Game two. Now, if, you, if you're lacking players, okay, and your, your bench is getting tired, your guys are getting tired, you're not going to feel it over the first couple of games. You're going to feel it as you get later in the series. It, with every game, Cleveland's efficiency, Cleveland's play has gone downhill. 
And we knew from game two on they were going to have to win a lot with defense. You saw that game two. They won game two with defense. They won game three with defense. And defense exhausts you. And I think what we're seeing, I mean, you even had, um, oh, gosh, um, Deladova go to the hospital with dehydration after game three. So that's what I'm saying. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are exhausted. They put it all on. They put it all out there, and they've expended so much energy that, as a result, their guys aren't scoring like they were or in the series, like Della Dova, J.R. Smith. They're not scoring the same way. LeBron's is going to keep. LeBron's is so good that he's going to, no matter if he's tired or not, he's going to play well. It's just the way it is. He's going to take so many shots that the numbers are going to be there anyway. The other guys, though, it's not going to be like that. And it's hitting them, and you've seen it hit them, and that's why in Game Five. It ended up being one of the more decisive victories for Golden State was because the guys got tired. They were in that game for a part of it. Then once the fourth quarter hit, Golden State finished it off and, and had a substantial lead. Cleveland is going to be in these games early, or at least they're going to be competitive early. But as the games go on, they're going to start. It's going to start to wear on them, and that's what we've seen in all these games pretty much since Game Four. And with each game, it's gotten worse. Earlier and earlier in the game, you're seeing them get tired. So that's what I'm saying is that, to me, the key to this series was, yeah, people keep thinking, oh, okay, well, you, what, does Cleveland, Cleveland don't have enough scoring. I, if they don't in theory, no. But the bigger thing is the guys on the court are tired. If these guys were more rested, they wouldn't be. Now, people might argue, well, wait a minute. They had a couple days off, not extra. They had a couple extra, extra day off between Sunday and Thursday, which is probably why they competed a little bit more in the early part of Game Five. But still, they're playing these games in short period time. Golden State's an up and down team. They're very difficult to guard. I I see what's what's going on with Cleveland. They're exhausted, and to me, that's going to be the reason they want and. and because they're exhausted, they're not getting back on defense. Now you notice Golden State's getting a little bit more uncontested shots because they're not getting back. That's a key. The key is exhaustion. Key is a series. Now, another thing I will say is this. As exhausted as Cleveland is, Stephen Curry is making more shots. The early part of the series, he was missing shots that he's been making all year. He went through a shooting slump, which also helped Cleveland out in the early part of the series. Now he's not. He's making shots left and right, no matter if they're contested or not. And that's a big thing, too. And him coming back to form is a key to this series as well. If Golden State wins, that's a big reason as well. That and the Cavaliers being exhausted. LeBron James, no matter what happens here tonight, and this is probably one of the first times I've ever said this about him, especially when his team loses. He has nothing to shake his to hang his head about. He's left everything out there. He's performed well in every game. He's tried to make everybody better. He's passed the ball. His he's been triple doubling games all over the place. Okay, he's been there, and he's performed. Even down the stretch, the last game not so much, but you have to wonder if even if, if even he's getting a little tired now. Okay, so it's. It's wearing on all of them. LeBron, it's going to take longer to wear on, but you probably figure it's starting to at this point. Now, to me, if Cleveland were to win tonight and get this series to a Game 7, you would question automatically how much they have left for Thursday night. Of course, all hands on deck, but, to, but you know, I, I, said this, I said this last week, if you're Cleveland, you want to get this done in 6. Well, obviously now you don't have a choice. you got to get to a 7 because you might, you might be done in 6. So, but having to, the, daunting, the daunting task of trying to beat Golden State at the Oracle, all right, is, is a, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. But you have to get there, and you want that opportunity because that's all you can hope for right now. I think Golden State's winning the series, whether it's tonight or Thursday night. I don't think Cleveland has enough now. You have to give them credit for a valiant effort. They might, they might somehow scrape by tonight. That's a possibility. Um, right now they're down by 13. But if they, even if they do, what do you got left? And look where you're going. Look at the mountain you have to climb. On the road at one of the most difficult places to play against the, one of the best offensive teams we've seen in recent years. It, it's just, to me, it's just insurmountable. It really is. 
But I will say this much, no matter what happens here, the NBA has gotten themselves a hell of a series. Um, you, ha- you have LeBron playing at a high level. Curry has not been playing at a high level for the majority of this series. Only the last couple games has he been. But, you know, you, but you, at least you got some of it out there. And you had Quay Thompson in the early part of the series playing at a high level. It's been a fun series. You probably got more out of this series than many people would have thought at times, but you did. And we'll see what happens here tonight. As I said, if Golden State wins tonight or even Thursday, this will be their first title since 1975. It will be Steve Kerr, be the youngest coach since Pat Riley to win a title and also winning it in, obviously, his first year as a head coach. It will be a huge accomplishment here. Obviously, Cleveland has never won the NBA championship. So this is this. I mean, a lot's on the line here, and we'll see what happens here tonight again. And with Cleveland being so tired and being down in this series, to be down double digits uh, after the first quarter is just to me that's just demoralizing. I mean, at home. So we'll see what happens here. Um, you know, win or go home, Cleveland. That's that's where it is, and we'll see what happens. Mike, do you have any thoughts on what's going on here in the finals? Or is Kingdom Hearts still taking your attention? Well, I don't disagree with you that uh, they're probably just exhausted. Um, they came onto the final undermanned, and then they lost their second best player. They count, were coming into the second round losing prob- the, either their second or third best player. Then they came to the finals and immediately lost their second-best player or third-best player, depending on what you got. And they're going with J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, as now the two and three-best players on the next, maybe Della Dova. So the fact that the Cavaliers made it this far is impressive. Unfortunately, I mean, they just ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. That's that's all we can say. It's a, I'm hoping they win tonight, just so they don't lose on their home court. Because I always hate seeing that happen. But regardless, they had Golden State where they want them, and they let them back. Essentially, let them back in the series. Mm. And they lost the lead. Yeah. And they went down. It's just they they don't have any more. If they had their full complement of players, I think this series goes six in Cleveland's favor. Because Stephen Curry wasn't playing great. Clay Thompson was playing at another level. You could say he was playing higher than he normally does. But... Golden State's been playing at a very, very high level. And Cleveland overperformed, essentially. Right. So, it it is what it is. It's not if Golden State's going to win the championship. It's when Golden State is going to win the championship. That's all there is. And Clay Thompson is probably going to be your finals MVP. Yeah. And, and, and let me just say this. Um, if you had told me a month ago that I would be saying that Golden State, in a lot of ways, is, is, is lucky that they won this series, I would have told you you were nuts. But they are. Like you said, if, if Cleveland comes in here, even with just Irving, I I think they do win this series. I've seen, given the way Golden State played at times in the early part of the series, particularly Curry, Cleveland Cleveland probably would have won game, actually Cleveland would have won game one. They would have had, they, they might have been up three games to nothing because they won game two and three. I mean, you don't know how things would have ebbed and flowed, but Cleveland would have probably won the series. They might not even have much of one because Golden State did not play well in this, this series. And you do wonder if maybe one. It, it, I'm not trying to take away anything from Golden State because again, I, I like them a lot. They're my, you know, they're one of my teams here. But you do question how much is to do with Cleveland being exhausted, not getting back on defense, 
and how much is actually them playing well. Because you heard Steve Kerr, even after game four, when they would say one, that, hey, you know, I still think we can play better. And even after game five, I still think we can play better. Curry, to me, is the only one that looks like there's a, you know, he's kind of come, come out of whatever hole he was in, whatever slump he was in. The other ones, to me, still at times have not played well. Eagle Dallas had a game or two here or there. But Thompson played well early. He's, I mean, he's been okay. But the rest of them, no. So team-wide, it's been an up-and-down kind of series for them. We'll see. Right now it is 31-22. Golden State, 9.52 left in the second quarter. So Cleveland's got it back within 10. We'll see what happens. They have to – to me, it's important they go into the half, you know, at, at, at the very least only down by like five if, if they have to. I mean, don't be in double digits at the half because, I mean, for spent teams, go into the locker room and see that. I, I just don't know how you – I don't know. But we'll see what happens here. Again, game six going on in Cleveland right now on ABC – and going stay out to the early lead here. 9.22 left in the second. It's 31.24 now, so they're within seven. So Cleveland's starting to make a real run here. All right, so uh, again, we'll keep you up there in the game while we're on the air, which should not be much longer, to be honest, because we only have one more thing left to do. We've actually done very well tonight. Um, we have one more thing left, and we're going to jump to wrestling. So wrestling fans, rejoice. You get some wrestling tonight here as we talk about the fallout from Money in the Bank, and there's been quite a bit of it, um, although it centered quite quite literally on two particular figures, one being Brock Lesnar, who came back last night and was announced as the next opponent for WWE champion Seth Rollins, and one Kevin Owens, who, despite a loss on Sunday... Um, which is one of the more, really one of the most derisive losses I've seen because I expected everybody to be upset about the loss. There's a lot of people that are actually happy about the loss, which boggles my mind, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, he, despite a loss on Sunday, he is probably way under Brock Lesnar, maybe even more so as the most talked about guy because he decided to um, attack the celebrity guest Machine Gun Kelly on Raw last night and get celebrated for it. So, um, so a couple of things here. Well, probably obviously we're going to get another Kevin Owens John Cena match, and it's, it's amazing that Kevin Owens that, that John Cena was not on Raw last night because usually no matter what happens they have him on Raw. They don't usually have him sell an injury by not appearing. So that, that that lends credence to them really trying to push Kevin Owens um, after he attacked. Of course, he attacked uh, Cena after the match on Sunday night. So you're probably looking at Owens Cena. Now we know, as far as the rest of the Money Bank card, you know you're probably going to get Big Show Miz and our, our another Big Show Ryback match with Miz inserted in. That's a given. You're going to get another Divas title rematch with Nikki Bell and Paige. You know you're getting that. You know, and you're probably getting, you're, you're most definitely getting a rematch because you got a rematch clause, New Day and Primetime Players. So you know you're getting all these things. Okay, and we now know we're getting a Rollins-Lesnar match for the title at Battleground. So most of Battleground at this point, we know the card. Now, a couple of things we don't know. Oh, we know Bray Wyatt now and Roman Reigns will be feuding as Bray Wyatt screwed Roman Reigns, who everybody predicted, everybody thought that was the winner. So leave it to WWE to actually swerve this on something. Um, so we know most of the card for Battleground. The only thing we don't know is, you know, Orton, Sheamus, Kane, Ambrose. Unless, you know, maybe you see Randy Orton versus Sheamus on the card. Maybe you see Kane versus Ambrose, kind of this filler feud to get guys wins or something. That's always potential. But So we know most of the Battleground card. But what's interesting right now is how all these – pieces and how all these storylines are going to play in the summer soon, because now that's what we're looking towards, not Money in the Bank is over. And there's been all kinds of rumors. You're now hearing a report that Rollins versus Triple H is happening at SummerSlam, where some seeds were planted for last night. Where does that leave Brock Lesnar? Especially since it looks like Reigns might be busy with Bray Wyatt for a while. Um, you know, there's talk that Ambrose will be with, feuding with Sheamus at some point. What do you do there? You also got Orton there now. So there's a lot of things up in the air. Um, 
Let me throw to Mike because I know he has some very passionate thoughts on a lot of these things. Mike? Having always lose was dumb as hell. Mm-hmm. It was. I, you know, and, I, and going into Money in the Bank, I thought it had the potential to be one of the most interesting pay-per-views. But everything that went was supposed to kind of go right, supposed to sound good, supposed to be good, wasn't. Like, every, a lot of people are complaining about Sheamus, you know, losing, or excuse me, winning Money in the Bank. Uh, a, I partially call that, and B, deal with it. It's the right move for the moment. And if you don't like that, tough titty, Storkleton. Sheamus is the right move right now, and they promised him a master push, so there you go. And it's about time he has a, a direction again. Um, I've, I don't know what the hell happened in the Bella Twin page match. It was supposed to be disqualification, but I guess it's been, I, I'm surprised that referee still has a job at this point. I'm surprised he wasn't future endeavored to catch my drift. In fact, I almost wish he was because he messed that up so terribly. It's like it set the program back. You know how bad it is when you mess up something so bad you set you you literally mess up all of the build. That's what that referee I felt did. Right. I don't know. I, I know they like doing the, oh, one guy wins and then John Cena wins and then they have to continue to feud. I know they love that fucking, but look, it was dumb. It's dumb because that's not the situation you're supposed to get at this point. Book Owens like Lesnar. Cena probably should have won that match by DQ. Nothing more, nothing less. Owens is the guy who's Owens is one of the guys who's going to carry your company. He is the new talent you're building. So all right, if you're gonna run Owens versus Cena at Battleground, you run Owens going over, and that's it. Cena gets no redemption. Cena gets no one up. Cena doesn't tie the feud. Cena must lose. And Cena needs to lose. Because we just got off of a Cena feud with a new talent in Rusev. What's Rusev doing now? What was he doing prior to getting injured? He pretty much destroyed Rusev. And Owens is on a much higher level than Rusev is. Just to be clear. I don't know what they were thinking, but it's a good thing they kept Cena out. Honestly, they probably should have had Ambrose win the title. Probably should have had Dean win. If your end game is Triple H versus Seth Rollins, you should have had Dean Ambrose win the title. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna let Seth Rollins go for another month. Oh, well, you got Brock Lesnar. Brock would have worked either way. Oh well, here we go. <laughs> Ambrose gets the Ambrose gets the pushed again. Brock Lesnar gets to murder Seth Rollins, and we are back in it. Now you have all these plot threads. Now who knows where? This, it's like you you don't know what you're going to do, so you leave every single story open. Instead of doing just handling your business the night before, now you have no idea where you're going. And I'm not going to speak for very much longer, but that that was dumb. Mm-hmm. You had the potential to have money in the bank be an amazing kind of thing again, and you, you squandered it. And now we're sitting here waiting for the next NXT special because at least that's going to be done right. Um, I want to refer to something that one of my listeners wrote, uh, wrote 
emailed us about the Cena Owens, what should have happened, what in their estimation. And I'm reading this word for word here. Um, the, it was it was an easy it was an easy booking decision. All you had to do was continue that match the way you are, and just like every second Cena match, he frustrates the opponent because he's come back even stronger. He's resilient. He never gives up. So what do you do? You kind of do what they did in the Night of Champions match last year with Brock. He gets closer and closer to, to beating Owens, but he doesn't quite do it. He, oh, he's giving Owens his best shot. Owens is giving Cena his best shot. The match just keeps going on and on until Owens eventually just gets so frustrated, he just starts hammering the heck out of Cena and gets DQ'd. That's how you leave it. And then after the match, you have Owens continue his assault on Cena, laying him out, take Cena out of play for Battleground, and then have, have Owens and Cena have their final concluding match at SummerSlam. Sets everything up in the summer beautifully. Gives Owens a heck of a rub where he actually took Cena out of play for an extended period of time, something a lot of guys have not been able to do. And then you see where things go from there. It actually plays to both characters, and it, it, it keeps the never-give-up label that the WWE likes to protect with Cena strong. So basically, Mike, they're agreeing with you. They explain some more detail about it. Well, yes, uh, that that that's how I thought it should have happened the whole time. It's the it's. I I, I don't I, think anybody thought that he was going to get another clean win because they know how WWE is. But to not do the DQ angle, which in my opinion would have been really good because, you know, it would have been like, okay, neither one of these guys is giving up, you know, and they kept playing the whole thing during the match that both of them are getting frustrated because they can't get the win. So play it all the way. You met, you, you've been saying all along these guys are like evenly matched. Well, okay, then, you know, have one of them get frustrated and just go crazy. And it, it, it would have to be the heel. And that's Owens. It, it was a perfect kind of setup, but what are you going to do? They don't. You like, like you said, it's you got to book him like Brock Lesnar. That would have been booking him like Brock Lesnar, but they chose not to do that. You know, it basically it was Vince Mc, uh, Vince McMahon. Hey, Cena needs to get his win back. Because heaven forbid Cena wins two matches, loses two matches clean. Heaven forbid he loses two matches at all. In a row. But wait, at least we got at least we got Owens going after Machine Gun Kelly last night. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh there's a lot of things they could have done. A lot of people are unhappy. You know, I I I I I told you right out, I I didn't care I d I didn't mind Seamus winning the money in the bank. I would have had an issue with Orton winning it. I would have had. I, I, I mean, if Kane won, I'd be like, okay, you're getting a one last run, fine. But you know, Ziggler, I didn't think needed it. Orton to me was the only one I thought would be a little bit of like a real waste. I mean, anybody else that could have wrapped my mind around. I like, I like the start of the Bray Wyatt Reigns feud. Hopefully, they don't. You know, hopefully, that's one feud. I really, really hope that they use this what, what they're doing with Cena Owens, the whole trading wins back thing. Do that. That one I, I I don't mind them doing that way because both guys need wins. So if you want to do that feud, fine. You have you know you can have Bray win the first, Roman win the second, and keep going back and forth for a while. You want to do that? That's fine with me. I don't mind that. That's that's a few that I think can do do, do that. Um, I don't know what they're going to do at SummerSlam because you know that morning there was a leaked promotional poster out that said that Reigns was facing Brock. I don't know how that's going to work unless it's Wyatt Reigns feud. It's just a one-match thing, and that, to me, seems pointless. So I don't think that's going to happen. What I think is going to happen is Rollins is going to beat Brock Lesnar by, like, DQ or something at Battleground. Brock's going to go crazy. He's going to take out Seth Rollins, and Sheamus is going to cash in. And then you're going to have, probably the next night on Raw, Rollins want his rematch and get screwed out of it, and then that's going to build the Triple H Seth Rollins match. And then you're probably going to get Brock Lesnar versus Sheamus at SummerSlam. Maybe they'll toss Ambrose in to make it a triple threat if they if they want to. Or maybe make it a fatal four-way with Orton, too. 
I, I, that's what I think is happening. I think they're going to want Brock in a multiple-guy match at SummerSlam because they don't want him to eat the pin. That's why I think it's going to happen. And that's why I think they'll give Ambrose this a filler feud at Battleground just to get him a win. And same thing with Orton and, Orton and Seamus will probably be like a DQ or something, assuming that match happened. That's my, that's my view. But as you said, they didn't have to do that. They could have made it easier on themselves by having either running the cash in after Ambrose wins at Money in the Bank or even running the cash in on Rollins at Money in the Bank. Like, you could have done that, too. Instead, you left things wide open, like you said, and then you introduced Brock Lesnar back into the mix now, and it's just open. It's kept a lot of dangling threats. And then you got Orton feuding with Sheamus, so he's back in the picture. So it's just it's it's just too many guys in the picture now. I mean, good, you're keeping them all busy, but and you still got Kane's anger with Seth Rollins as a dangling story thread too. So there's so many things that they they have to tie up, and they're not doing it. And there's something we're probably going to talk about on a wrestling show in a few weeks. This is the second year in a row that WWE, now I understand when when it comes to WrestleMania, they've done this before, but it's the second year in a row with WWE where they've had this plan, and it usually materializes maybe right around payback, which is like maybe end of May, early June, where they decide what they want to do for SummerSlam, and they won't deviate from it. And as a result of that, you see a lot of screwy things, and you see a lot of filler, where they basically sacrifice all their summer pay-per-views because they have to have their plan for SummerSlam. And as a result of that, they ruined Money in the Bank the last couple of years because Money in the Bank has just become set up for SummerSlam, whereas before, Money in the Bank would actually set up more than just SummerSlam. It set up pretty much their entire year of storytelling. Now, they don't bother with that anymore because they're so worried about SummerSlam. They want to make SummerSlam this big event now because they want to make sure that they have something else halfway through the year to rival WrestleMania. As a result, you get filler after filler after filler. Battleground's pointless. Money in the Bank's becoming pointless, except for the Money in the Bank match. And to an extent, payback almost becomes pointless, because that's where they start a lot of this, and they like to drag it out. This year, they introduced the Elimination Chamber into the mix and added another paper. So now you feel like you've just been getting, fill- you've been getting filler after filler after filler after filler, SummerSlam will be when we finally get something worthwhile, and then they'll probably and, and then for a couple months you might get like some resurgence because things are finally happening. Only to start the WrestleMania build and everything else starts in a holding pattern again. It's 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 just it compromises the product. It's not good for the product at all. So, well, obviously we'll see what happens. It's, I mean, there's still some interesting things and. You know, now Brock Lesnar's back in the fold, so that make that definitely makes things interesting. Um and for those that are interested in SmackDown spoilers out and Mike, I think you might like who Kevin Owens is facing on SmackDown this Thursday. Kinda of random, but it's actually interesting. Haven't looked, we'll look later. I know, I'm just making conversation. Relax. Relax. But yeah, it's it, it is interesting. Um and there's actually something that happens that's interesting on main event, too. But, yeah, so. Um, all right, so we basically made it through everything in around an hour. So we are going to start to wind down. There's really nothing else to go into. So um, that's all she wrote, folks. As always, the show might be over, but does not mean you have to stop interacting, contributing with our show or interacting with us. You can continue to do you can continue to send in feedback, questions about the show, show schedule and breaking news items or to, uh topic ideas related to sports, entertainment or wrestling. Uh again, any questions, reactions or comments, anything any of us said or just general comments for any of us. Any of these things you can do via email, Facebook and Twitter email for our show. Again, it's still IT Spotlight B G at Gmail dot com and IT Spotlight B G at Gmail dot com. My email as well as the show, so the email has not changed yet. And again, as we always ask, please put in the subject line of email some idea what the email is about just to help us for organization purposes. We do appreciate that. 
You can also follow us and tweet us at IT Spotlight BG. Again, it's at IT Spotlight BG. That's my Twitter handle as well as the show. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag IT Spotlight. Again, hashtag IT Spotlight for anything to tweet regarding our show. You can also find our show on Facebook by searching for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Once you find our Facebook page, like our page, go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post. Again, Facebook, Twitter, email. If you post or send something, I assure you, we do see it. We just don't don't worry if we don't reply back or use acknowledge or mention whatever it is you post or sent. We just can't possibly uh, reply back to everyone or use acknowledge or mention every everybody sends or posts. So just be aware of that. You encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest information about our show. That's how you get the best, informa- most uh, crucial information about our show: scheduling, notices, all that stuff. Cancel uh, postponements, all that. But if you can't follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or you choose not to. Next best way to get information about our show is on our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. You can find us on TalkShoe.com by searching for us using the full title of our show. In the spotlight with Brian Gardner. Once you find our main show page, you'll have access to show information. Anytime I schedule shows, there's a countdown clock that appears coming down to our next show, and it'll be an upcoming episode listing that will appear above the episode archive. So you want to keep refreshing the page and see if those things come up. You want to especially do that during the week, particularly on show nights, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, you know, just keep hitting, keep hitting refresh. When you see the episode listing and the countdown clock, you know we're definitely having a show. You'll know when it will be, know what it's about. Um, all episodes on the show page, including those in the archive, have episodes, uh, give you episode descriptions that you can get by clicking on the little I next to each episode. So make sure you're aware of that. And, again, we have an episode archive at the bottom of the page, bottom of the show page, that has all of our episodes since we moved here to talk show in order for most recent to the O's. Just find the episode you want to click on, it'll play for you. And most recent episode also available in the most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner. So make sure you check us out here on TalkShoe.com. Again, here on TalkShoe.com. You can also check us out on our second home, Libsyn.com. So just head over there, search for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our show page over there, scroll down, you'll find all of our recent episodes on there in order from most recent to the oldest. They're all labeled for you with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions. So if you're interested, go check us out over there on LivesIn.com. Again, that's over there on LivesIn.com, our second home. If you're interested in listening to some of our older episodes, perhaps our original episodes, you can go over to BlogTalkRadio.com. Again, it's BlogTalkRadio.com. Search for choosing the full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us over there, scroll down, you can find all 31 of our original Blog Talk and Radio episodes. They're our first 31 episodes ever of our show. They will always be there. They're in order from the most recent date to the oldest. They're all labeled for you, dates, times, descriptions, all that stuff. So if you're interested in listening to those episodes, maybe you never listened to them before, or you just want to listen to them again for nostalgia, whatever the case may be, they're there. So if you're interested, head over to blogtalkradio.com, and it's blogtalkradio.com. iTunes is not available in our country, but... If you happen to be international, Mike. Search for In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner on iTunes. Once you're there, download, subscribe, and help us out. And maybe get us back on in this country. That'd be awesome. That would be great, wouldn't it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, again, Jeff Tech not here, so we wish him well. Hope everything's going well for him. Hopefully he'll be back with us next month. Probably a month from now, I'd imagine. Exactly a month from now, I'd imagine. Uh, I want to thank Mike for being here tonight, as always. Thank you, Mike. You may go back to your Kingdom Hearts trailer. Yes, thank you for this. Great. Yay. More important things to do. Bye. <laughs> I want to thank myself and our great show. Pat myself, I'm and thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening um, and for all that you do, for your patience. As again, we had a late, later show tonight. Thank you so much for all your understanding with that. We are done for tonight. Um, real quick score update before we get off the air here. Um, it is 39-33 Golden State, 347 left in the second quarter. So Cleveland's within six, so at least they're keeping it close, what they have to do right now. Um, again, that game, that game six from Cleveland. Again, Cleveland down that series three games to two Golden State. Leading that series can win the NBA title tonight if they win this game. That game, of course, on ABC, so go ahead and check that out if you are interested. So, obviously, if we have a Game 7, we'll be on up opposite it on Thursday night. So, obviously, if that's the case, we will give you score updates and update you throughout the show on Thursday about that. Um, if not, then, obviously, we will be talking about 
Game seven, wrapping up our discussion. Uh, uh, pardon me. If if not, if there is no game seven, we'll be wrapping up our NBA finals, NBA season, et cetera, discussion next Tuesday on our sports show, and then of course previewing the NBA draft. So, so we'll see what happens here as Game Six uh, taking place right now on ABC. So go ahead and check that out if you're interested. Um, again, our next show will be this coming Thursday, which is June the 18th. Broadcasting live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock from Eastern Time, be an entertainment show. We'll talk, we'll do our, it'll be a double edition of the box office beat. We'll preview this weekend and next weekend. Also, look back at this past weekend, which was a historic weekend. We'll talk about that. Also, we may, again, we'll do something special. I don't know if we'll be on the entertainment side of things or the sports side of things. We might do the FIFA scandal discussion that I've been meaning to get to, or we'll do something entertainment related. You'll find out when you tune in on Thursday. That's our show on Thursday. And again, next week, only one show. And on Tuesday, which will be our NBA Finals, NBA season wrap-up, we'll preview the NBA draft. It'll be an all-NBA show. When something else in sports comes up, we're talking about Then Then obviously we'll talk about it. But that will be coming up on Tuesday. And then next Thursday, there will be no show. So we'll insight into what's coming up next week. So just so you can plan ahead and know what's going on. For those that missed it earlier when I said it, talked about it. Just a little reminder. All right, so that's it. I hope you all have a great rest of your night. A great Wednesday and a great Thursday. We'll see you back here for our next show this coming Thursday night, June the 18th. Broadcasting live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, have a good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.